Welcome to Dealmaker Diaries, where you hear directly from the dealmakers who you invest with. M&A, real estate syndication, and more. Strap in for unparalleled advice, wisdom, and insight from some of the world's best business minds with Don Thomas and G1C Group. Welcome, guys, to episode 16 of Dealmaker Diaries. So today we have president of Panex Exploration, Mr. Robert D. Burr. Robert Burr is truly one of a kind. When he speaks, people listen because they have never heard anyone quite like him. Born and raised in Louisiana, Bob still has a bit of a drawl, but that doesn't stop him from getting right to the heart of the matter, no matter what the subject might be. Over the past 40 years, Bob has generated hundreds of millions of dollars for oil and gas ventures. He is a master syndicator and deal strategist. The recent crisis in the oil patch has been a huge opportunity for some like Mr. Burr, who saw what was coming and moved to capitalize on it. Panex acquired the BR dome fields outside of Houston, Texas, where wells were shut in by the pandemic. With just a few of their over 200 wells back online, they are now producing over 300 barrels of oil per day and paying 12% interest to their investing partners. You may wonder how they are paying 12% in times like these. And that is why you should have Bob on your show and be getting to know him. If anyone in the audience needs to find an alternative investment that is overcapitalized and collateralized and providing immediate cash flow, Panex has it and Bob Burr can explain the benefits and risk of it in plain English. So let's give Mr. Bob Burr a great welcome to the show. Let's go. All right, Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Don. I appreciate it. How's your day going so far? Oh, every day is a great day if you see it the right way. Well, I don't. I don't believe in having bad days. Uh, I just get up and put my helmet on. We're going to play ball. And I cut that ball playing light on. I come in and play ball, and then I cut my golf light on about three o'clock. And then I cut my come in my home lawn uh, light on. Mama, she's got dinner ready, and that's how we live our life. You have the option of cutting your light on, or you can cut it off. Some folks don't even know they have a light. I know all about. <laughs> I like to put on positive lights, not negative lights. I control that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Bob, everybody that I've met say you're truly one of a kind. And um, for those of you who don't know, Bob is president of Panex Exploration. So Bob, can you tell the people a little about um, about Panex and what you guys do and what you guys are involved in? Yeah, we're we're a lot uh, familiar with, with, with what companies do in our business. You have exploration companies in the oil and gas business. We look for oil and gas reserves. We look, we drill wells. Uh, been doing it for 45 years. Uh, the big deal presently that's just, uh, it's putting us on the map is, is when the pandemic hit and the oil prices went to negative bill, a lot of folks were very, very concerned operators that had great properties that just, damn, they couldn't make it on negative prices. And a lot of them were worn out. They'd been fighting the game for 30 years. And so when we saw the opportunity, a lot of them were available. And we just started cherry picking properties. And uh, in the last year, we've, we've grown our reserve base to probably 25 million barrels of reserves. Future recoverable reserve. We'll figure that out, 25 million times $50. I won't, uh, two and two is four. I, I, I can't carry it that high. <laughs> and uh, we're, you know, you had to have a little tenacity when, when things went bad. Everybody was, oh my God, the world's coming to an end. And we took on the other uh, stance. I cut on that aggressive light. And I said, BS, the oil is going to come back. It's been coming back. I got in this business in 1973 during the oil embargo. And everybody was going crazy. And my brother and I were just kids. And we didn't know the difference. It didn't stop us then. It won't stop us now. Uh, 
only person that stops you is yourself and uh, me and myself. Definitely. We keep going and we just, he took his little fill over in, in uh, out of Houston. Hell, in six months, five months, we were up to $250,000, $300,000 a month income just by redoing the wells and doing things that shouldn't, but weren't done previously. But that's what we do for a living. Uh, we get it like we got this one field in Louisiana on 200 wells that were drilled in there previously. They've averaged probably 150 to 175,000 barrels of reserves each. Well, 150 at $50 is $7.5 million. It costs you a million and a half to do the deal. You got a pretty good return there. And uh, so that's what we do. That's where, where our partners, they get to know us. I don't try to sell them anything. I don't do that. I think the most critical thing that partners need to know is who the hell are you? And if they can get a good feeling about who we are, feel comfortable with us, then we, we have the, uh, uh, the opportunity of, of receiving some of their investment money. This is an alternative investment. It's got tremendous tax breaks in it. Drilling wells, you get 90% right off first year against the total investment. And uh, then you get a depletion allowout on income. It's just, it's a, it's a great shelter for them. And I'd tell somebody right up front, if you can't utilize the tax write-offs, you'd probably want to keep your money because you need that. Uh, seeing the tax write-off when you're writing off 90%, if I break them even in three years, I made them 35% on their money, roughly. I just the tax savings of doing the deal. Well, that's my base. That's the worst I want to do is that. But guess what? That's not all bad. And then we're doing notes. We're doing a... a series of notes uh, where folks come in and uh, I created an instrument that pay, it guarantees 10% on their money and, uh, per annum. However, every, every $10 move in oil, uh, my partners get an extra point of 18%. And uh, that's a very unique twist. But you'll find us, and I mean this so sincerely, Donald, is we believe in sharing the rewards with our partners. We're mature enough. We have enough common sense to understand that without our partners, we don't have a business. And I, I, yeah, I don't true. do too much for your partner. I just don't think you can. My CPA gets mad at me. He's in Dallas. Danny Looney, he's been with me for 35 years. He gets mad at me sometimes for what all we do do. I said, Danny, you can't do, you can't do, uh, you can't do too much. And they're, they're your lifeblood. They're your real deal. And that's how we approach it. So uh, that's what we do. We put together uh, partnerships on wells. We'll take five wells and raise, I think we did a 12-well program, raised three and a half, four million dollars on it. <laughs> and uh, we drill the wells. Partners own a percentage of the production income from said wells. And we pay every month. We don't pay quarterly. We do pay quarterly on the notes on the, on production. We, when we get that check, I want my partners to have their check. Some guys said, my God, you're doing a job. You should do quarterly and all that. But I don't, I come from the old school. I want them to see that check every month. And uh, that's just how we do it. And you're paying about what? 12% interest on their investment? No, it's up to 14%. 14. Okay. We started during the, the crunch when oil was like $25 a barrel. So it's up to, 60. Chris, was that about 14, 13 or 14? 13. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gone up a point every month <laughs> or every quarter. Uh, and, you know, I was at that, I was in Dallas here two or three weeks ago and spoke before the, the I don't know, two or 300 folks. And uh, I brought that up. As you know, folks, <laughs> they said, why are you paying that much money for money, especially in the market? I simply answered, because I can. Because I own the business, because I'm going to share it with my partners. And if I'm paying 18%, that means I'm selling all at 90 or whatever, and I'm making a fortune. Get your thinking cap on, folks. You got to take care of your folks that got you here. And that's right. And I don't mean to be aggressive, but that's it gives it rattles my cage when somebody says, How can you do that? We can do it. We figured the economics two and two is four. I can figure with anybody alive. It don't, you don't have to build finances to figure all that goes out. And if you got room in there to share and still make plenty of money, why wouldn't you do it? I think you're dumb if you don't. 
And, and so it, is this, is, is there an exit for it or how does that use, are, are they just on? No, it's for five years. Now during this five year period, uh, we're sending out a video probably tomorrow uh, that we shot on the new acquisition we did. Uh, our president of Burride Acquisitions, another uh, 100% uh, owned subsidiary, 99% owned subsidiary of Burride and Pan X, uh, 35 years in the business. He, uh, he goes over, reviews the Choctaw uh, oil field down in South Louisiana, showing all the, we have records going back to 1935, 38, when the majors were in there drilling. I mean, it's a beautiful deal. And uh, we show that to our partners and keep them abreast. But what they do, they have warrants tied in with the notes. And these warrants are like 25 cents a share for the first year, 50 cents a share, second year, 75. And I want them to watch us build the company. And then they have the options of exercising the warrants and take an equity position. At the end of five years, they also have the right of converting their note amount into stock at a predetermined price, a very, very good price. And our plan is to probably take it public in two and a half years, three years. Uh, if we don't, then we'll own it. And knowing me that it'll be the best damn dividend paying stock that folks have ever got a hold of <laughs> because I do care. And uh, so we'll, we'll play that out, but we want, they have the option or they have the, the, uh, just the way it works, they, they can watch us build the company. And then if we keep them abreast of our building stocks and how we're doing it, and the real values we, we're, we're creating, and it gives them a lot of insight of do they want to be in the stock side. If they don't, they get all their money back. They made 10, 12, 15 percent on the money for five years. And we give them a hug and, and uh, thank them very much and go on down the road. But we want to give them every advantage we can uh, I wouldn't be here. I'm too old to practice. I'm not messing around. I wouldn't be here unless I could see just a tremendous, I think we can build a, oh my God, a very, very large company with the, with the philosophy we have, with the situations, the circumstances that avail themselves to us today. All you have to do is have, a, have the knowledge, and we got the team. Uh, one of our board advisors is Ed Hers. Ed's a top uh, economist. He writes for Forbes, one of the senior writers. He's a, uh, a professor at the University of Houston, I believe. And we and we just we have great, great insight. And Ed says he feels like with the political atmosphere, uh, we'll see $90 oil. And he says, Bob, you don't realize this, but it's made you guys millions and millions and millions of dollars. And uh, he should know. He's, he's been there. He's not, uh, I guess he's 60. And uh, thereabouts, a very, very sharp guy. So we, we gather all we can from people around us. We're very selective on the team that we put together. I'd like to say, Donald, that I'm a brilliant fellow and I handpicked all these guys. I did all this. And, but the honest truth is, I think the higher powers involved in this, and I've been around a long time and I've seen deals come together. And Lord God, all of a sudden it just look up and it fits. And you get excited and you can't sleep at night because you know that you created a Mona Lisa. It's there. I can feel it with every ounce of my fiber. I know where we're going. The boys don't know the road. I've been here. And it's, it is all golly. I, I got goosebumps on you talking to you about it. This is going to be a lot of fun. And we're just looking for good people to share the ride with us. It's that simple. So, Bob, how often are you on? Um presenting offerings to investors or, I mean, if can somebody come in on these deals at any time or is it, is it, are you presenting these like a few times a year? How does that work? <clears throat> no, we, we generally have one that we're funding right now. We're, we're funding the, the notes and uh, that's an open, open book. I think we go, we got a total of 15 million in, in this offering. We have, I think 5 million left somewhere along in there. Uh, then we'll be doing, we're going to do a, a very unique deal in Louisiana. Uh, we think so much of this property. Brad Simmons, our president of Burrard uh, Acquisitions, he's done so much work. We've got data, 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 data. He's crazy about getting data, logs, production, reserve report, on and on, just a crazy amount of uh, 
of uh, information. But he feels like we can drill these wells with our money, my corporate in-house money, get it logged, run electric log. Once you get reached a total depth, you'll run electrical log on the well. It tells you how many pay zones you have, what is the porosity, the permeability, bottom hole pressures. It just gives you sort of like a electrocardiogram of your heart. It tells you the story. And after the fact, we'll probably do completion funds. We call folks, and they won't get the 90% write-off because we did the gambling. <clears throat> However, they'll get about 60, maybe 65% write-off because they get to write off all the intangible completion costs. And uh, we'll let them come in after the fact. And we'll go 50-50 with them on the wells. But they'll be looking right. The wells drill, gamble, basically is 90% over, 85% over. There's a 15% gamble of us completing the well and losing a zone. And if not, we, we have a completion failure. In this instance, on top of the this, we will have probably anywhere from three to five layered zones, different zones in the wells. So if we go to the bottom and we pop that one and something happens, we lose it. We got four more to complete. You with me? Mm -hmm. so we, yeah. Odds of us missing that or, oh, I don't want to. Yeah, I can't guarantee anything. I wouldn't be that naive or be that, 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 that doesn't work. Uh, but what I can say is to have this opportunity for investors not to worry about the drilling of the well. And it makes all the sense in the world play on the completion side. The only, lo only loss you get is you don't get to write off as much. And uh, we'll start that here in the next 90 days. <laughs> okay. And Bob, I wanted to rewind a little bit. I know you mentioned um, that you um, sold out to Marathon. Tell, tell me a little bit of how that came into play and how that worked. And that was really a crazy deal. We, uh, I got into East Texas and drilled uh, some wells there, uh, deep James Lime wells. And I was being promoted big time. I put up all the money for 50% of the deal. Generally, you put up all the money. And you, you buy a lease for 75% and you own uh, the majority of it. This one was so beautiful. I fell in love with it and we did it. And lo and behold, we hit a hell of a well. And uh, we hit like five or six beautiful wells in there. I mean, they paid the partners out in nine months time. <laughs> and I bought my partner out. He, was, uh, he wasn't quite big enough to hang with us. We got him out. And lo and behold, Marathon comes along. And they end up wanting to buy the deal. We'd, we'd, this had been seven or eight years after we'd got the flush production and everybody made a lot of money. And they wanted to go deeper. And what these majors do, the large boys, they'll go down and drill a deep well down to 20,000 feet, cost them a bunch of millions. And they will establish reserves in that well of a, a trillion cubic feet of gas. Well, they, they will not drill any more wells. They'll carry that on their books as proven reserves for a buck and a half a thousand. And that's how they build book value. That's one of the ways they do that. And I knew their game. And uh, I also, they, they somehow got the got some 50% of the deep rights. But anyway, I just cut a deal with them. I said, why don't you boys take me out? Y'all own all of it. Because I'm not drilling wells to build book value I'm drilling wells for me and my partners to build cash value, monthly cash value, not something you can put on paper. I like to spend my money. And so uh, we cut a deal, and they, they took us out and took me and my partners out. and uh, we, we split our monies, and I retired for about 10 years. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's how it went down. And what, when was that? What year was that when that happened? 1992, I believe. 1992. Okay. It's been, it's been a long time. And you had a pretty nice decade following that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, Donald, we've done, God's blessed us. Uh, uh, yeah. It's sometimes when we have time, I'll tell you, tell you how, how blessed we have been. Uh, it's just been crazy. Now, like anything else, you know, it's, it's, you have your ups, you have your downs, you have your all arounds. 
know, you just, that's part of life. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Got that. I, I think it's, uh, I know I've, I've looked up before and I'd have to have a million dollars by, it's, uh, it's like um, Tuesday and I don't know where in the world I'm going to get this money. And uh, I wake up at 2, 2.30 in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, my wife would feel me moving. She said, you going to the office? And I said, yep, I think I got it figured out. I'd come down here all by myself and bam, I'd have the money by Thursday. I mean, I didn't think that up. That was just something that came to me. I just That's how it worked. Hmm. I've done that during my 40 years. My God, I, it's just happened like that a lot of times. I just, I guess I quiet my mind where it can work and the spirits of wherever come in there and help old Robert out. Because I'm not that smart a fellow. I'm a pretty bright light, but I, <laughs> I'm saying two and two is four. That's carried me a long way. It's not five and it's not three, it's four. And I stay with that principle pretty good. Okay. And so, Bob, tell me why, why do you think investors need to find alternative investments like, like oil and gas? Well, uh, the truth is they do pretty well where they are in real estate. I mean, I have two divisions I'm doing right now here in town. One's got 300 lots in it and one's my place. It's got uh, 25 lots and they're long drawn out deals. I've been in this, this damn, uh, the big one for three years now. Hadn't pulled a nickel out of it yet. Uh, oil and gas is a different animal. Number one is a lot of fun. It's very exciting. Once we start drilling, I'll have partners fly into Baton Rouge. We'll pick them up. We'll have a big barbecue out as we drill the well. But all of that is superficial. The real deal is the tax shelter you get from it. Uh, Even on the completion side, you're writing off 50 or 60% of your investment. And then reserves. My God, man, when you get into a well, we drill, we're going to offset our first well in, in Choctaw is offsetting a well that from 2,000 feet, it produced a million barrels of oil. Um, barrels times $50. I think it's $50 million. And we're offsetting that well. It's going to cost us a million and a half dollars to do it. Whatever. That's why you get in oil business. There's no place on God's green earth that you can go and put a dollar in the ground and turn it into $25 or $30 overnight. And you'll get the income for the next 30 or 40 years. I'm still getting paid on wells I drilled when I was a kid, 27 years old. In fact, on the wells we sold out to Marathon, we had our production for, I don't know, 10, 12 years. I had a little small bite of it. I needed money to make a transition to here. Came here from uh, California 25 years ago, 27 years ago. I sold that part, my little part, after all those years, for $350,000 to Atlantic Richfield. And uh, that's that's why, because the appreciation you know, uh, of the deal. When you, when you hit you a big, big well and uh, you got those reserves coming and they pay every month, baby, it's rocking chair money. That's what we call it. Rocking chair money. Yeah, that's right. You sit on your butt and that thing's working out there at midnight for you. You, you're, you're, you're a working interest partner in a partnership. We do all the work. We maintain the wells. I've got my son. He hit it out last night at 10 o'clock. He's driving straight from, Bowling Green, Kentucky to Baton Rouge. He'll be out in the field tomorrow looking at whales, meeting with a geologist, on and on and on. He'll be down there for 10 days, and then my boy will be back. I keep him in the field. He's an engineer. He knows his business. He's 40 years old. I've raised him in the patch. So uh, he's right at home out there in that mud. But you got to have that. You got to have your people there. Yeah. Directly to Pops every night and every morning. so that's the biggest deal is the, the potential appreciation of your dollar couple with a tremendously favorable tax situation as far as regarding your write-offs. On your, you even get a depletion allowance on your income. Are they using um, tax segregations for those write-offs? Is that what they call that? Well, it's a, 
what they do is at the end of the year, my CPA, Danny Looney in Dallas, will send out K-1s, and he'll show them what their tax write-off is against their capital investment and their income from that whale. He does the whole deal. I do it all for the partners. He'll get with their CPA if, if, CPA if need be and uh, over their, their, their uh, situation. And, uh, and then we got another uh, feature that just knocks your eye out that you may love is this 1031 exchange. <clears throat> In a regular 1031 exchange, you know, they, they you have a piece of property and you sell it for $5 million and you've got a million dollars of taxable uh, growth in it, value, and you have X amount of time to roll that into a kind property and defer those taxes on the, uh, on the million. And uh, you can do that in all. And then when you sell that other property, you got to pay the taxes that you deferred. Uh, out of the three or four years, you got to do this again and again and again. At some point in time, well, you're going to have your pretty good tax buy, but you got to leverage that money. If you put it in oil and gas, which you can, we deal with the largest uh, house in the business out in Midland, uh, Texas. They, they do this. They clear for a lot of people. They, they do all the legal work involved in the 31 exchange. Put it in oil and gas deal. You don't do anything for 20 years. If you got a producer sitting there producing those taxes that you defer, it goes into the oil well. There's no tax on it for the life of the property. 25 years, 30, whatever it may be. Wow. You, and you leverage the living hell out of that money. And then you have income every month. I wish I had income from my, my subdivision every month. That would make me a happy camper. I got to yeah. wait to carry in deal to get my money, you know. Yeah, that's very interesting. So you can you can 1031 exchange into an oil, oil and gas deal. Absolutely. From your, from your real estate. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a very large market for us. We've got uh, we've just got involved in it. Uh, uh, Brad Simmons, president of acquisitions. I think he did over 200 million in it a couple of years ago with a big hitter he has. Uh, but they, they're, they, they're actually, Donald, they're doing billions of dollars in these exchanges. And uh, <clears throat> the old boy out there that we use is just, he's bright, right? He's an attorney and CPA. Uh, very, very unacidic, just a nice guy. He's just a good, he takes his time, educates you on it. <clears throat> and really, excuse me, but that that's what we try to do. We, we, we like to take our time with our partners, make things sure that, that we got them covered as far as intellectually giving them the, the, the factors in the deal that they need. Uh, I promised my guys uh, one thing years ago, one of my partners calls in, and I don't care if I'm in the Serengeti in Africa, uh, he'll get back. I will get back with him for 10 o'clock that night. And I've done that. Actually, I've called, I've called somebody from Serengeti at the Serengeti out in the dam watching, watching elephants walk around. I'm on the phone. That's crazy, but I've done that. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. I believe in, yeah, returning all calls within 24 hours. I'm a big believer in that. It just goes right back to caring about the people and understanding they work their butts off their money and appreciating that. That's an honor for us be involved with them, them having the faith to cut, cut some of their money over to our side of the table. That's just, I take that as serious as life. I mean, that to me is, oh my God, you, you can't, I mean, that's, that's, that's just special. That's a special relationship with somebody who writes you that check. And you owe them a lot. You owe me life. <clears throat> Definitely. And which is a perfect segue. So what, what does it take to be a successful syndicator in your, in your opinion? Well, I, I've had a lot of folks that wanted to get in the syndicating business, and here's what I tell them. I say, okay, you're fixing to climb a, a mountain that's three miles up to the top. It's going to take you probably two years, three years. I want you to cut me a ditch five feet deep, five feet wide, all the way to the top. It's going to take you three years to get there. And during that time, you're going to break some pits. You're going to probably break your ankle. There's going to be a lot to come down on once you get there, you have the tenacity, get up to the top of that mountain. You'll be making all the money you ever dreamed about making. Your life will be completely different than it is today. You will be a professional because you paid the price. Now, if you're not willing to do that work, go buy your pickup truck, paint your bass on the side of it, and go fishing. 
because it takes tremendous tenacity to reach the top. It can't be a job. It's got to become a way of life for you. Hmm. You understand that. you got to live and you got to breathe your business because it's a child and you're raising. If you cheat with yourself or with the fundamental factors of what you're doing, you will fail. No doubt about it. So I preach that hard and hard, and I'll see lights going on in the audience. I'll see lights not even reacting, and I'll see guys dropping their head. I know right off the reel who's got who's got the shot at making. And that's, I believe I put it out there, that's about as simple as I can put it, but that's the way it is. When I got in the business, nobody was going to stop me except death. I didn't care. I worked at 10 o'clock every night, worked on I started my day Sunday afternoon at five o'clock. I went to the office. I did that for, my God, years because I was so insecure. I was so afraid that I would fail. I said one thing. They can't outwork me. We all have 24 hours a day. I elected to pay 18 of them for what I wanted to do in life. and It worked. And now I do get to coast a little bit. Not that I can. <laughs> Once you build those practices and you're, you know, that's who you are. But that's, uh, I hope I answered your question. Yeah, you did. And like you said, um, you were afraid of failing, but I mean, you probably did fail, right? I mean, you probably had setbacks, but you got back up. So I, I think you really don't fail unless you give up, right? Well, it's, uh, I'm an old ball player. I was a pretty good job. And uh, I have to, I had to look at business as being in a ball game. Oh, yeah, you're going to fail. You're going to strike out. I'm catching. I'm going to let a ball get past my guy's going to score. I'll stuff but it's just a deal it's a game we're gonna play tomorrow we're gonna play tomorrow we're gonna play tomorrow the great thing about our deal the beauty in it is in baseball i got four at bats that's it every game i couldn't i couldn't get anymore so my third 24 hours that i had to work i couldn't work but two hours a day game's over here i get all the bats i want and i strike out 10 times to hit a grand slam but once you get that mentality, nothing can stop you except you. Yep, if you tell yourself you can or if you tell yourself you can't, either way you're right. God just accept it as a way of life and say, I'm going to die with it. And it's over. <laughs> it's really not complicated. Now, do you really want it or you just talk? Can you walk the talk or do you just want to talk the talk? Yeah. Definitely. You, George, that's how it works. That's how I tell everybody. It's out there. I mean, if that guy did it, I can do it. He's no different than me. He's not brilliant. He's not a, a nuclear scientist. He's a two and two's four guy. Well, I can handle that. I'll beat your brains out with it if you're not careful. <laughs> for, hey, sure, for sure. For <laughs> sure. And so, Bob, clearly, I mean, you love people. Why, why do you think loving your people breeds success? Well, you know, I, when I came here, I just lost my brother 30 years ago. I was a hot dog. I was a great money raiser. He ran the business. And so I just was really a spot turkey. And so I get here and I start looking at me. And I, you can't get to the next station in life until you get naked with who you are. And I hit my knees and talking to my higher fire. And I said, Lord, you know, I'm an egomaniac. You know all these faults. I can't hide them from you. Help me with this hip. Help me understand what I've got to do. And at that day, I made the total commitment that nobody would ever work for me again. I would work for everybody involved on my team. Everybody. And so all of a sudden, you start that. I said, I might have to fake it till I make it because you know I think I'm a Godzilla. Make it. All of a sudden, I get a little bit more on that side. And then all of a sudden, there's a tremendous transition. I have to go get a guy out of jail. He was on the, in the DWI. And it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Ten years previously, I'd, been, I'd have been mad. I'd have been this. I'd have, that's what I do for a living. That's where I live. That is my responsibility. He's one of my people. And so I get my butt down there. I do my job. And once you get there, there's nothing to stop except death. I mean, that's just how it is. And that's who I am. God had a transitional to me that uh, 
they know I love them. They know I go out there and I grab, grab that little fellow I got working in the warehouse, my little mechanic back there, and give him a hug. And uh, he hadn't had a hug probably in his life. The old man walks back there and grabs it. Give me a hug, boy. I love you much. He sparkles. And that's the whole deal. If people understood that, if they're able to do it, I happen to be able to do it and mean it. God dang, it's a treat. It's an honor to love your folks. So that then, then the success comes because everybody's positive. They know you care about it. Everybody here knows when we make a lot of money, they're going to get a lot of money. When things are tight, they get tight. It's a family. It's our extended family. I take it very seriously. I just don't have people leave my team. They don't leave. Uh, they, can't, they, they, they don't leave because I don't let them leave. I love them. I hug them. I take care of them. And that's just the way that that's the way it works. That's awesome. I love that. And we talked about setbacks a little. I mean, like you said, I mean, you've been in this game 35, 40 years, so I'm sure you've had a lot of setbacks. How, how have you gotten back up when you've been down in the past? Uh, have there been any huge setbacks where you like, where you wondered if you can get past it? Well, in 1986, uh, all went to, I got $5 a barrel. Something. Texaco stock got down to a dollar a share. Everybody was panicking. And I said, well, Seth, what can we do here? What we did is double our work effort. Double the hours a day. We didn't get to play golf every afternoon. We had to work till 8 o'clock that night. We didn't do as well. My CPA in Dallas, Danny Looney, you'll meet him one of these days. He said, Bird, you're the only guy I've ever seen that consistently raised money. I never quit raising money. Because I know what it takes. Sometimes you work your butt off. Sometimes you, with some of these partners, they got a lot of money, and we get to raise a lot of money, and we get to play golf. We got our deal funded in a week. So the boys can take off, and they can take a, uh, go up to the lake and ski and have a good good time. Sometimes they got to sail the boat. They got to get back in the, in the water and paddle like hell. But it's all a way of life. It's no different. I accept it. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem. It doesn't scare me. We will win because we'll pay the price and we'll do whatever we have to do to bring the ball into the end zone. That's just who we are. So I don't, I'm probably one of the most secure guys you know today uh, because I, it doesn't scare me. None of this, my God, it's just the way we live. No big deal. We'll get over it. All be back. Everybody's panicking. We'll see $100 oil. I mean, it's a big game. And uh, we just happen to be in the, in the pretty side of it, the money side, which I love. And, uh, and that's the whole atmosphere, the whole attitude here is that. Uh, you just keep on rolling. The old man, uh, I can still do my 100 push-ups. I can do whatever, <laughs> anything I want to do. And I like, I love to do deals. And I love to do good deals with good people. Uh, I think building relationships is probably the art form of life. I think it's the most special thing. If you recognize that, if you're wholesome in that application, if your heart's really there, then you don't lose. You just regroup and say, well, but let's go, let's go from this side over here. We, we run that trap play up the middle. Linebacker's killing us now. Let's take one on the outside. And you just keep on keeping them. It's not that simple, but it is. Or it's that simple of how I see it. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So, Bob, let's jump into the lightning round now. Let's get a little philosophical. Let's roll. So, what book or books have greatly influenced your life? Well, the Bible. I was raised in a Christian family. Uh, I wasn't a great Christian all my life, that's for sure. But it's amazing as you get some of these principles down, they come back to slap you on the head every now and then. And uh, so it's been a very, very part of a great part of my life. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill was one of my uh, key books when I was a kid. Read coming up, <clears throat> Master Keys to Riches, another great one. Super Cybernetics, Rich Man, Poor Man. I mean, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm sorry. Uh, 
Okay, Robert Kiyosaki. Okay. Yeah, Robert's a dear friend of mine. We've uh, we've spoke on the same panels for you know, several years now, and uh, just a great guy. Uh, I've I've tried to read any and everything I can that's positive. Uh, I used to back when I was a kid. I'd come in my office and he had negged out on something. And this is how raw I was. I would get up and physically throw him out my office. <laughs> Don't come in my office negative of anything because you might dig into my subconscious mind somehow. Yeah. Conscious mind might whip my butt. So you're not going to do that to me. I will not allow you to do that. I will physically not allow you to do it. That's how much I believe in reading, uh, reading, reading, rereading, and reading. You're storing that, that memory bank, that subconscious mind. When you do want to skip a day and go play golf, it'll say, now, are you sure about that, Robert? Are you willing to cheat? Because you know you, you got 24 hours a day. Are you willing to give away four hours? I don't, I don't think I will. Okay, I got you. And you go back to work. That's why we win, because that subconscious mind of mine is programmed with positive feedback. Every day is a great day if you see it the right way. That just keeps on bubbling out of me. That's who I am. Yeah, absolutely. It takes a long time to train your subconscious mind, and so you got to be real careful the stuff you let the people you let into your life and the stuff you let into it. Absolutely, Absolutely. no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So it's worked for me. I was just a little country boy, and I. Started with zero, and uh, I bought into the concept when I was 18 years old, and here we are. With a whole lot of more zeros now, right? Yeah, a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. All right, so next one. How has a failure or perceived failure actually allowed you a greater success later? Well, you know, when you're raised playing ball, you have a lot of failure. You strike out. I was a football player. You don't get the first down. You get hurt and have to play injured. Played hurt a lot of times in my life. So a failure is not a failure to me. It's a deal. It didn't work. So I'm going to reach down and I'm going to stay with my principles. I'm going to stay exactly where I am, the game plan. Nothing faulty about it. And I'm going to bring it back. Now, what they do tell you, or what it's told me a lot, is you can get into a great deal with the wrong people and I don't give them how good the deal is, it won't make it. Yep, yep, yep. You can get into a mediocre deal with people that have integrity and you'll pull it through. That's entirely that's so these relationships you build are of the utmost importance. But failures just reinforce it's not easy, or everybody would do it. Where did you go wrong? Go back, sit in my peaceful time, analyze the situation. What happened? Was it under your control? I cannot stand <clears throat> to commit unforced errors. Anything I control, if we make a mistake on it, you'll see me, I'll get riled up. I don't like it because it's, 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 it's stupid. You should not ever, ever commit an unforced error in business. You know what you've got to do. You lay it out there and you do one, two, three, four, five, six, but don't leave out a step. I'm in a real estate guy and the, the horse trading on the deal and the guy comes back. And one fit, one fact was already in the contract. He started measuring. And he come with another number. He should have already done that. We're down to the contract, and we already agreed to close. That was an unforced error on his part, and that makes me so mad. I may kill the deal. I don't do it. I don't believe in unforced errors. Mm-hmm. So, you, your experience in in losses gives you more more knowledge than your experience in gains. Of, you're not careful, your ego will come in there and you think you're special. And then the higher power will knock your legs off and make you wake you up. Say, so get in the real world, get in the real world, Bob, and you get back to what you do. Invariably, failures have been because I violated my principles in some part of that, that overall business plan of getting to the end. I, I skipped a step or something, but it's uh, mm-hmm. just misread the deal. That's possible too. But what? It's a deal. So we do, we, we, we clean it up and we keep rolling. Excellent. Excellent. All right. And this is one of my favorite ones, Bob. If you could have 
a billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say? Well, I, that's just one thing I'd say on that. I, I thought about your, your, your list of questions. And I just love you people. You know, I think that's the key. Uh, Dale Carnegie, I read one of his books years ago, and he said, take my money, take my steel, take everything I have, and leave me my people, and I'll see you tomorrow. If folks understood that the folks they surround themselves with, with are the key to, to every materialistic thing in life, and spiritually, I dang, if you love them, they're, they're, they're extended kids of yours, or they're whatever their their specialty so i'd say love your folks first and foremost start there and get them on your team you can move mountains very cool and bob what is a habit or peculiar routine i wouldn't even say peculiar what's the habit or routine that you love well i found out over the years that for the first 20 years of my business career I was such a tremendous sales guy, and I'm not bragging. I was good. I am good. I know I'm good. But you know what? I ad-libbed life. I did my deal. I was so damn good at it. I could say it anywhere I wanted to say it. I could do anything I wanted to do. I could go anywhere I wanted to go. So I thought I was a Joe Stud because I was ad-libbing life. I was at that beautiful yacht out there in the, in the water that the engine was good, but the composite, we didn't even have a composite. We just keep on rolling. And so what I've learned over the years is to become disciplined at what you do and, and do it every day. It gives everybody around you security. I used to be at my office at 6 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning, always here before anybody else got here. Now, I may be laying upstairs on my couch taking me a nap, Folks knew that the old man was here. That's when I quit ad-libbing life and got me a game plan for life that I could get from here, from A to Z, in a controlled atmosphere, environment. And then folks picked up on the way I run my game, and they started running their life a lot like that also. You just can't ad-lib life. You can't be haphazard in what you do. Can't be haphazard in your relationships. You got to be committed. And once you commit, it's over. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you sound, you remind me a little of um, Grant Cardone. I'm sure you know Grant, but um, when you said that, you sounded just like him. Most of this stuff that we say, we heard somewhere. You know how that. So, what do you think makes you, what do you think makes you such a good salesman? Well, I think it's like I was telling my little guy out in the warehouse the other day, he's a mechanic and probably got a fifth grade education, but he's a genius in his own right. Little country boy, probably didn't finish high school. And I said, uh, I called him Smut. I said, Smut? I said, there's a place in the sun for each and every one. Our creator gives us a talent. Now, in sales, he loaded my train. I was a natural when I, when I came out. They gave me a presentation. Anybody can have a presentation. The genius is what you do inside that presentation, how you use you, how you can implant Robert Burr in that presentation. Now, what I can tell my higher power one of these days is, is sir, you know, you didn't give me a big old computer that had a bunch of bytes for a brain. Mine's got about two bites. But I don't tell you what I did. Good Lord. I maxed it out. I didn't cheat you out of one ounce of what you gave me. There's the key. That's the biggest sin you can commit is when you have a talent and you get so self-righteous, you forget that God gave it to you. My little great-grandson, he's been with me since day five. Little shit's nine years old. You know? big as anything but guess what i don't think there's anybody his age that can outrun him i mean he's raced me up the stairs when he was three and he'd beat me i mean <laughs> he can roll <laughs> i my laptop that i said no 
Wade. Good Lord gave you a talent. You can run, buddy. I am pretty fast. Football. I said, yeah, you are. None of them can beat you. Max it out, baby. We've got to max that out. And that's what I'm saying here. If you're an educator, if you whatever role in life, it's special. My God. You know, it's like I, I get the biggest kick out of these fellows that go to plants every day with their lunch bucket and show up down there every damn day and do it for 40 years. They've educated their children at the city college. That guy's a hero. He maxed out what he was he received and didn't cry about it, didn't bitch about it. He raised his family with, with integrity and honor. There's nobody any bigger than him in my eyes. He did something Robert couldn't do. I couldn't do that. I, I do not have the intestinal fortitude to do that. I can do my deal because it's like breathing. It's natural to me. I understand all the, the ramifications of it, all the psychology in it. I have no problem with Robert Burke. I know who I am. I know what I do. And I try to max it out. And along the way, I try to help as many people as I can. That's about all I can do. That's a good title for your next book, Bob. Max it out. Max it out, baby. You got to max it out. How can you just halfway swing at something? <laughs> <laughs> For sure, for sure. Sometimes just a halfway swing and stuff. You damn sure miss it. You won't hit it. All right, and Bob, what advice would you give to a smart, driven investor about to invest with someone raising capital? Get real deep with the folks that you're dealing with. You can't get that good feeling about them. I mean, I mean this sincerely, uh, because you're 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 fixing the you're in the process of writing a big check. You, you have to be secure emotionally that this guy is going to give you the very best shot he can give you for money applied. You can't get that good feeling. I mean, check him out, read him, whatever, and understand the deal. The guy's not willing to take time to explain to you every factor involved in the deal. Don't do it. But get that feeling. Would Bob Burr be a guy that I'd like to have a state with? Could I bring my family down to visit Bob and Doris? You know, we got about 20 acres here in town and have the kids go out there and play and jump on the trampoline and I got a putting green. Would I enjoy dealing with this guy or does he turn me off? He's an old country boy. I turn, off, I turn some people off. It's okay. Ain't no big deal. One thing about me, you know who I am. So then you make your own choice of dealing with Bob. Some folks love me and some folks don't quite get there. Hey man, both of them right. I'm not begging them to love me. I'm going to tell you the truth who I am. Then you get to make your decision. I think if syndicators were more like me in that sense, you wouldn't have all these lawsuits. Cause I'll tell you right along with the sweet. I don't, I don't sugarcoat stuff. I don't play any garbage. I ain't got time for that. So I'd say get to know who you're dealing with. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, tell them who you are. You don't have to sugarcoat it. They know exactly what they're getting, right? Yep. All right, Bob, in the last five years, what have you come become better at saying no to? Deals. <laughs> E-A-L-S. I can sit and look at a deal and fall in love with a deal. It's so much easier to get into a deal than it is to get out of a damn deal. Now what I do is I assemble a team of specialists that are a lot smarter than me that have a lot better IQs than I have. And I'll look at a deal and I'll love it. I say, kill the deal. Please kill it for me. If you can't kill it, you need to go to the next level. And instead of falling in love with the damn deal, we try to kill the deal. Keep on shooting at it. The Louisiana deal. Brad calls me. We generally talking in the morning at four o'clock. Bob, I have tried to kill this dead gum deal and I can't. Why? Boom, boom, boom. He's got a he's got a magnitude of data he's looking at. Logs and on and on and on. He said, reserve reports. You name it, we've got it. So finally, we can't kill the deal. I said, well, let's close on it. Let's get it. When? Today. Do it. 
we get the deal. But God, we fought over it for six weeks. I'm begging him to kill it. So I've learned how to do that. <clears throat> Used to, I didn't do that. I would, I would fall in love with the deal. I'd see where it would be very, very easy to fund it. I wanted to dig deeper. Now we dig to the bottom. We dig, we try to kill it. And then if we can't kill it, that's when I'll get fired up and we'll fund it. I'm trying to give my partners the very best of a guy that's been in the business 47 years and got a lot of know-how. I'm trying to max that out. And I'm setting the stage for my boys. I'm setting mm -hmm. the principles, getting it intact where they'll understand that they had missed on, a, on several deals in my younger life because I fell in love with the deal, how the pain-taking part is harder. That part of it is a lot harder than funding. Funding is easy. Uh, I get a lot of partners call in on these type podcasts and uh, all in love with what we're doing, and we have a great time and go from there. Uh, the deal part's a tough deal. But if you surround yourself with the right people, then you got to give them that responsibility to take it off you. So like I say, I'm, you know, two and two is four. God didn't give me but a, a two-bit deal up there. So i got to use these old boys that's got seven or eight bits. You understand? Absolutely. That's good stuff. I love that. All right, just two more, Bob, and I'm going to let you, let you get out of here. I've been, been interrogating you too long. So when you're feeling overwhelmed or unfocused, what do you do? That is a great, great question, and, and I've had it happen to me on several occasions. When I am completely zonkered, just knocked down, just at that point where I'd like run through the wall. And I've been there two or three times over the last 25 years. I get in my pickup truck, and I take off, I leave my phone here. I'll ride out in the, in the woods. I get on one of these little – send me big old nice hill looking over a valley on a creek. And I'll start talking to my higher power. And I said, Lord, help me with this now. I'm totally confused. Invariably, I will go back to the principles I put in place in 1992 when I came here. And I said, okay, I laid this thing out exactly how an insurance company would build their company. Loving the people on and on. And 99 out of 100 times, my problem is I got lazy in making decisions on some projects that are happening, and I'm overloaded with all these deals that I got to make a decision on because I've been procrastinating. So I lay them out there, oh, priority, a priority list. I got to do this right now. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Well, in a week's time, I got all I got to do is done, and I'm playing golf. So most of the time that I get overwhelmed, it's because, or that hadn't happened to me in a, in a pretty good while because I'm so disciplined now. Uh, but, but most of the time, it's because I left my principles. I wasn't being as responsible about taking care of my business as I should have been. And uh, once I get that priority list in line, then it's manageable and I'm off to the races and nobody knows here at the office and I spent three hours out there talking to my higher power and getting my damn act together and getting out of feel sorry for me, bullcorn. I'm back to dancing. And that's how I do it. Awesome. All right. And last question, Bob. This is when I, I stole this from someone. What important, <clears throat> what important truth do very few people agree with you on? Well, I don't know if very few agree with me. I would say very few have even considered it. But I think the truth that I've gained, and it's more important to me than any of the other stuff in the world, is getting off by yourself, getting into your spiritual world that you don't share with many people, and getting to know who the hell Bob Burr is getting humble, if that means hitting your knees, hit your knees. It means sitting down on a mountainside and looking at trees to get spiritual, do it. Whatever frame you have to get in, get naked with your higher power and know that Bob Burr has character defects, recognizing those defects. 
asking help for those defects and moving in a positive direction spiritually. It's hard to deal with someone that's in denial about who the hell they are. Hmm. You can help them. They challenge you on everything because they've never looked at themselves in the mirror, just took an evaluation. All of a sudden, when you get there, you get out a little bit out of that boundary, that knowledge, that that truth that you desperately sought for and received will jerk you back. You know better than that, Robert. You know the truth. And the truth, as they say, shall set you free. So that's how I run my life. I have to be honest with Bob Burke. Sometimes I can be selfish. I know that, especially with my time, because it's my time. Well, no, it's not. It's your family's time, too. You got to give it to them. Yeah, but damn, I got to do this deal. No, you don't. Right. You going home. Mama's got supper waiting. Well, hell, hey, but seven o'clock. Yeah, that's right. Most guys are home by six. And I keep working. And it's a battle all the time. <laughs> it's a war because that other personality wants to take over. And I, I keep him down there pretty good. Sometimes he gets up there and I hit him pretty good. But generally speaking, we, we keep it under control. But that's, that's the deal. I don't know if people have really dug into that part of being or of their being. It's been the most profound growth for me is, is having that visit and, uh, and getting right with, with whatever spirit you carry. I'm not a, I'm not advocating anything except uh, I do know that I have a higher power. He's my buddy. We talk about everything straight up. Uh, you can't BS him. He's looking right down your throat. And so pretty good, pretty good base there to start from. Once you get that under control, then you got a shot. Until you get that under control, oh, you might temporarily make it. You might make a lot of money. You'll lose it. It won't work until you get right with yourself. Then, hell, you may give it all away. That's okay, too. At least you're doing it because you felt led to do it spiritually. You with me? For sure. For sure. I love that. Thank you, Bob. That's how I see it, uh, Big Donald. That's how I see it. Thank you, sir. Hey, Bob, when you come out to Japan, you're going to have to – I'm going to have to get you out to Japan. i got a lot of people I want you to meet. Buddy, I'd love to make a trip over there. You know, I, I, I love Asian folks. I read everything from Shogun to you name it. Uh, they're probably the most disciplined people on earth. I love the way they love their old and respect them and take care of them. I mean, I just, uh, I've always, I've always just really enjoyed watching them. I love to go to foreign countries. And I've been all over the world and I get off by myself and go to a, Shopping mall. I always got a little outside restaurant there, sitting over, looking over in the center part of the mall. And I watch families. And you know, German people, they love their kids just as much as we love ours. Absolutely. Yeah. Jewish people, they love their kids just as much. Asian people, they worship their kids. So, you know, it, it, it sort of makes me sick. One or two percent of this world actually convinces us to kill each other. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty sad. Is that, a, is that a joke of all jokes? It is a sick joke. But everybody loves their folks. It's all the same. Yeah, we all want the best for our kids. We all love our families. Yeah, it's universal. Yeah, it's, it's the deal. Donald, I've enjoyed this. I hope this is something that your audience will enjoy. Oh, I'm sure it is. It definitely is. So, yeah, thanks so much for joining us, Bob. I'm going to um, shoot you some emails afterwards. I, I want to connect with you on a lot of other things, too. But yeah, thanks for th- taking the time to join us. Real good show today. I really enjoyed having you. And before we hop off, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, invest with you, collaborate with you, what's the best way for them to contact you? Just drop us an email at admin burright at burright.com. Admin at burright.com. dot. All right. Awesome. Yeah, I'll make sure I put that in the notes as well. All right, Bob. So thanks so much for joining us. You have a great day and I'll be talking to you very soon. Okay, buddy. You take care of yourself and I dead gum sure enjoy it. All right. Likewise. Likewise. I'll be talking to you soon.
Okie dokie. Bye-bye. Bye. There you have it, guys. Another episode of Dealmaker Diaries in the Books. If you enjoy and or find value in what we're doing, please do leave us a nice review. It goes a long way in keeping the show moving in the right direction. For you investors, if you're looking for places to put your hard-earned capital to work, head on over to our website, g1cgrp.com, and sign up for our investor list to be informed of the different projects we're raising capital for that will provide you with the cash flow your investments so much deserves. <laughs>